and delighted to be with you guys again today. Got another awesome show planned for you all, man. I want to say uh, uh, welcome to all the new listeners and uh, got a bunch of new listeners and the numbers are just increasing each week. So thanks uh, for all the, the people tuning in. Uh, thanks for all the people tuning in live, everybody hanging out on Facebook, YouTube, Periscope, Twitch, wherever you're watching this at. Uh, thanks for hanging out with us. And so uh, you guys are a part of the show. If you guys have any questions or comments or anything like that, I'll be watching the chat while we're hanging out and make sure you uh, translate them over and I'll try to ask them for you. Uh, I want to say a huge thank you to everybody supporting my work via Patreon. This is a listener supported uh, show. Doesn't exist without your help. Thank you for co-creating with me. There's so many of you, man. Uh, thanks for believing in my work. And I want to give a shout out to some of the latest patrons within the last week or so. Shout out to Miss Lynn Hall, thank you for coming on, believing in the work. If you'd like to support, head on over to patreon.com backslash truthseeker. There you get access to my entire discography of music. You get access to our Thursday night School of the Mystics or uh, encounter sessions that we do and uh, our private Discord server. All that really cool stuff by becoming a patron at any level of giving, you get, uh, you get access to that stuff. So check it out, Patreon. Um, also my new book is here for those of you who have not had a chance to get it yet. Spirit realm, angels, demons, spirits, and the sovereignty of God forward by Jordan Maxwell. Uh, thanks everyone who's already, uh, purchased it and, uh, helping this to become a Amazon bestseller. You guys rock. And uh, if you haven't got a chance to get it yet, go to truthseeker.com, get you a copy of the book. All right. We're going to go ahead and jump into today's discussion. My guest today is a returning guest. Miss Marilyn Hughes, how are you, my friend? Good. How are you doing? Oh, I'm doing well. It's a pleasure to have you back on the show. Uh, it's great to be here. <laughs> awesome, awesome. Yeah, we had a really good long talk the first time and um, covered a lot. And so I'm I'm excited about what we're going to be talking about. You just came out with a new book as well. So we'll talk a little bit about that. Talk about spirit travel, ascending the higher realms and, and maybe the lower realms yes. as well. You know, leaving the body and, and all the, the uh, trying to make sense of the etheric realms and bringing that stuff right. back into our reality, right? Right. Yep, absolutely. Yeah, we recently re released a book called Dialogues with the Mystic, which is actually a book uh, which is meant to be a part of a series. We're working on number two right now on that one, which, uh, di you know, it, um, it dialogues the... Um, the journey from one of my spiritual counseling clients from the beginning to uh, 
when they get very, very proficient at spirit travel and some of the amazing things that happen along the way. So that's what that book is about. And uh, we're working on another book called The Lord of the Redemption, which will be the third and final volume in the Redemption series, which is The Limb of the Redemption, The Christ of the Redemption, and now The Lord of the Redemption. Interesting. Um, do, those, do those go together at all as far as being able to encounter uh, Christ in the, the heavenly realms and things like that? Is that something that you're familiar with? Uh-huh. Very much so. Yes. Awesome. Yes. And uh, let me let me ask you this as far as going in, like whenever you somebody would, uh, quote unquote, leave their body or spirit travel or ascend. Ascension is something that they're calling it a lot now. Um, it's a word that they like uh, in the mystical realms that I move in. Um, so is it about intention? This like when you spend time to meditate and, and those kind of things, it's like going in with an agenda or just kind of like free flow and, hey, come whatever may? Well, um, I always approach it with, uh, I always approach it with intention, but also at the same time with a free flowing come with whatever may because we have more of a, now, you know, our perception of what God has to show us is so much more limited than what God knows that we need to see. So yeah. I always, you know, I think it's a combination of both. And, you know, in the Ascension pathway, um, you're you're really looking at a status of soul where your soul is coming into a place where it's graduating from this this uh, energetic thrust, which is very common in mortal realms, which is death into life. And so this ascension pathway has um, a, a myriad of purposes and reasons. I write about it in the Mysteries of the Redemption, which is very helpful to understand that it's it's not a one one it's not a one track thing. There's like other things going on all at the same yeah. time. <laughs> and so you have to—is it something that you have to journey through every time, or maybe through? You know, I—I I like to look at it as maybe things that you deal with in your life, and it lets you vibrate at a certain level, so it's easier to get to those levels in the spirit realm as well. Like whatever you're doing in your in your uh, you know waking life, when you tap into the spirit world, you're going to kind of be greeted by that level of vibration, those entities that live on that plane and those kind of things as well. Is that kind of how it works? To some extent, that's that's part of it, definitely. And, you know, and as we cross over at death, we definitely, we go where we're compatible vibrationally. But there's also the further processes that occur in the, the spirit traveling um, adventure where we undergo these vibrational raisings, which are actually really necessary and a big part and parcel of uh, uh, increasing our abilities to understand more to know more and to take our uh, take you know deep concepts higher into ourselves um, and to make uh, further travel possible and understandable because vibration is knowledge you know what I mean and so um, knowledge is vibration vibration is knowledge it's not words it's something that is given to us from God that, that is vibrational and energetic and then suddenly we know we understand things and so this is part of the reason these vibrational raisings occur as we're moving forward and so that generally will accompany that sort of thing in the spiritual as these things are also occurring in the physical waking life 
um, it, it seems like they, they complement e- each other, right? Like they yes. work together. So it's not just like what you're doing. Um, it's, it's, it's almost like, you know, what's going on in the spirit realm is, is, uh, much more reality than what's going on. You know what I'm saying? Here, here physically, because I've always seen it like going into the spirit, there's things that are started there. There's things that are birthed right. that kind of get played out in the physical reality. It, it works both ways though, right? Yes, it does. And, you know, it's always best when we're seeing things actually uh, here and here in the physical and in the spirit, because oftentimes, you know, we'll have people who are so focused on one or the other, Mm -hmm. you know, so they'll either be focused on the physical. And that's when you talk about people where they they speak with the tongues of men and angels, but inside there's, you know, that would mean that the purification that they're undergoing is, is all, you know, like surface, you know, it's not real because it hasn't been backed up with the interior on the, on the other side, you can be working on the spiritual so much and you're doing great progress there, but you're having trouble making it hit the ground so that you're not making the changes within your own life, your own decision-making, your own choices, looking at your habitual sins, actually making efforts that help you to move forward the things that are holding you back. So it can happen both ways. So when they're both moving together, that's fantastic. Yeah, that's, it's, I think it's about doing the inner work and I think the inner work is going to show, you know, by the outer work as well. Like, if you're like so close to God and you you're 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 moving in the spirit and you have all of this spiritual knowledge, but you know it has it has to uh, in, I guess uh, interpret through through your life. And uh, I know what's his name, Manly P. Hall, always said that if the uh, the state of uh, uh, the dog in, in in the home is not any better then dad's spirituality or religion is in vain if the dad still kicks the dog on the way out the door, right? So there's all these people who would probably think of themselves higher than they are in the spirit because they don't really have any authority in the earth. You know what I'm saying? And so I've seen this and it's a huge problem because it's a sense of escapism when it Mm -hmm. comes to uh, spirituality or leaving my body. And I've, and people like, it's almost like some, something you run into with the past life stuff or like I was a great, I was a big deal in a past life because this I'm kind of overlooked and I don't really, my words don't carry much weight on this side. And so they have this big story of who they used to be. And so I feel like there's a, a, a it ties into that with this form of escapism where people, were like, okay, yeah, I fought seven demons in the spirit realm today, and I met the angels and people from past lives and stuff like that. But it's not really translating over to their reality, if you get what I'm saying. Yeah, and um, you know, like even in pers- uh, in re- relation to the past life thing, um, what we do know about past lives is that when we come back, we usually do things that are almost directly opposite of what we've done before because the soul is always reaching out for new experiences. And so, you know, if you, cause I've seen this, you know, many, many, many years too, and the same same thing, different day, you know what I mean? Yeah. And, um, you know, so if you do have a legitimate memory of having a lifetime of some renown, first of all, 
we need to understand that earthly renown means nothing, you know, um, and that's a whole separate subject because that's a whole discipline that we have to put ourselves through. But then you have to understand that it makes perfect sense that you would then be in a situation where you would be just a regular person because that's the exact opposite where you have to learn what it means to be the common man. And, you know, so it's, um, necessary for most souls they will want to have many types of experiences within the human spectrum they're not going to choose you know to be uh whatever powerful rich or famous all the time you know maybe some maybe some souls will choose that once or twice because they want the experience of it but really there are so many different types of things that we need to experience, you know? So we might need to be, uh, you know, a cave dweller in the Australian outback. We may need to, you know, um, live in the Amazon rainforest as one of the Amazonian tribe. You know, there's just so many things and experiences that our soul may require that has nothing to do with, you know, vanity and, and greed and, you know, accolades, you know, <laughs> even though our world, ha of course, continues because that's kind of the nature of this world continues to throw that out as something desirable. That's not really why we're here. That's just a distraction. You know, our actual goal here is to find out what we're here to experience, what we're here to alter, what we're here to do, what types of relationships we have around us that we need to heal and to grow in, what kinds of things within us how, have we just continued to do over and over and over again that we need to identify and then to actually start rooting out and changing and altering that particular thing so that we can actually move closer to um, making progress and moving closer then to God. There's a uh, there's a comment here, and this was uh this is something as far as like um, it it may have some uh something to do with the escapism, but uh, V says I must have been a huge huge success in my past life then, because this life now I feel like an epic fail, a pro edition. You see what I'm saying? Like it's almost like this form of escapism, like. I'm suffering now because I was a king or I was this or that or whatever. So it almost seems like some people could get into this notion where they just accept their lot. You know, it's like, okay, I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm here to suffer because I was a great ruler in another life or something like that. Versus, um, this is, you know, kind of, you know what I'm saying, taking your life into your own hands and making good decisions and kind of making the life, you know, that you want it to be. Right. And this is a perfect example of taking um, several different outcomes you can have with the same set of circumstances. So to uh, this person who wrote this in, what if you were really well known in a previous life? What does it matter anymore right now? Um, uh, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. It really just doesn't matter anymore. Um, so the question then becomes uh, what is important to you now? So um, you can create something different. It, it, a lot depends though here. And I think um, what I see is people want to be something 
Oftentimes, and this happens the most to people when they're really young, they don't know what they want to be, but in their mind, it's often formed by the secular world and what the world puts out in terms of fame or money or, you know, um, anything like that. But that's not what you want to be doing. You want to figure out what is it that uh, your soul is passionate about? What do you feel drawn to doing? What is it that you are gifted at? What is it that you are good at? How can you serve? And then you just do that and you do it to the best of your capability, whether anybody re, re, you know, recognizes that you're doing it or not. And that, that's how you create an energized and sustainable life of substance. You know, so you don't have to, even if you're not going to be King Arthur, <laughs> you know, you still can be, you could be someone. <laughs> you could be Merlin. <laughs> yes. But you, you can also live a very, very fulfilling life, whether anyone else knows about it or not. You know what I mean? Now, it's very important to realize that. What about some of the some of the uh, the iffy stuff where like multiple people would say that they were the same person like uh, and Jesus gets it a lot. A lot of people claim <laughs> to be Jesus reincarnated and I'm Jesus that's come back. And there's like a lot of people who, that are alive now who say that they were Jesus in a past life. What about those? Is somebody lying? Is one of them really Jesus or, or all of them? just aspiring to be an emanation of that essence. Well, um, the, the third thing you said there, partly aspiring to be an emanation of that is one option. There's several options when you see things like this, and I'm just going to put it out as any, any soul that might have duplications because you do see this a lot. Yeah. Um, if you see somebody and they have, more than one person that they think may have been a historical figure, the, the historical figure is being used as a model. And what that means is that there were qualities about this person that this soul and this soul and this soul <laughs> needs to take a look at that would um, play into some things that they need to learn, for instance. So like, like let's, an example would be um, if you had been a conqueror in a previous lifetime and you're given a specific name, it doesn't necessarily mean that you were that person. It can be that there are things about the way that person was brutal, the types of torture, the types of ways that he behaved that you may need to be aware of in your own particular karmic line. Now with the Christ thing, we know that he said there'll be many people claiming to be Christ's. I think a lot of people are trying to bring out the Christ consciousness. And I think that we also have um, uh, people want to make themselves significant when they don't realize that they don't have to make themselves significant by being someone other than who they are. So you don't have to claim anything like that. You know, it's kind of like uh, in the Bible, even when Christ was around, the, the Jews were asking, who do they say that I am? You know, well, they say John the Baptist was Elijah and they say you were Elisha the prophet. And so they were doing the same kind of thing back then. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> and so, so there's still this thing of, you know, well, he can't just be Jesus from 
Nazareth, <laughs> you know? And yeah. so we do the same thing. What so now that you come out of Nazareth, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so, yeah, it's the same thing. But um, people who are um, identifying with Christ in that way, it, it has a lot to do with bringing down the, the consciousness of Christ. You know, frankly, for those people who are open to it, Paramahamsa Yogananda wrote a treatise called The Second Coming of the Christ Consciousness in You. It's a two-volume thing um, that I highly recommend to anybody who is, is really kind of wanting to do that in their life. I think that it can, that's a very good goal, but we always have to keep our ego in check you know, and our discernment in check and realize that what we're doing is it's not about an identity. It's not about changing who we are. We're fine. Just who we are. You're Derek. I'm Marilyn. We don't need to be, have some, someone else's name to signify anything. We're just people yeah. and your listeners, we're all people. Um, but you can utilize those things that you feel drawn to, to, um, energize your path and that's one of the things one of the reasons people are drawn to certain you know especially spiritual people throughout history is because there's something that that particular prophet saint mystic saint or sage you know might have to offer them in terms of a teaching that will help them now whether they uh claim to be uh, that entity or that 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 person uh, reincarnated, or even with the channeling circles as well, I, I feel like there's just something uh, about humans that w with titles and roles, and I find that it kind of gives a instant uh, um, validation if someone's sharing something. Say, like, oh, I didn't say this. Jesus said it. We find it in the Christian churches. Oh, I didn't say it. God said it. The Bible says it, right? And it's kind of right. like a this reinforcement of something that you already believe or like if somebody's doing the channeling and if you if it's a, a Hitler or a Michael Jackson or something, there's just like, let's listen because maybe they, you know, they were someone of, of, of um, significance on the earth versus just kind of coming in their own name and their own power and, and on and own authority again i think it kind of gets into escapism a little bit there too with uh responsibility or or, or standing in your own truth kind of thing as well well yeah and you know even if you put a name to it one of the things especially with spiritual travel and with messages that you receive through spiritual travel you want to put it through your stringent discernment process yeah. No matter who it's stated it's coming from, you want to put it through that discernment process because um, for those of us who have studied discernment, whether mystically or um, through biblical, you know, discernment, we know that there are certain signs in these kinds of messages and certain signs from the people who give them that can be, that can be sometimes very clear and very simple to identify sometimes it's a little more tricky you know but um we have to do that work which is part of it the discernment because uh that's this is true there are people who just literally will just be sitting in a chair and say oh yes yeah, saint michael's telling me this you know yeah. <laughs> and, um, and we want to listen oh really <laughs> really what's he saying you know but the the reality is is that sort of thing and in fact it was paramahamsa yogananda had come to me in a in a spiritual travel experience 
and told me, you know, that the the channeling types of things you have to be profoundly discerning about. And he told me just to stay away from them because they are impure. And part of that is because anyone can come in. It's kind of like using a Ouija board, mm -hmm. you know, um, in angelic hierarchies aren't going to operate that way. They're not going to work on a Ouija board. They're not going to come in and channel through your voice. And so the idea that St. Michael would just go into any random soul and do this is, uh, uh, is lacking in an understanding of St. Michael as the archangel of God. Yeah. In the mystical spheres, when you learn about the archangels, you learn that these are very, very high vibrational, you know, beings and they're, they don't speak much first. And secondly, <laughs> when they do, it's to say something very important and very quick to the point. And, um, and I just don't see that as being something that they would uh, put their time to. Yeah. Um, they just wouldn't do that. Their, their tasks are so varied and different than that. So we have to be very discerning about things like that. Some people have real and true gifts in that arena and so i don't want to i don't want to like make a blanket statement yeah. against them um because there are some people who really do there are also some situations that you really have to use you really have to use a lot of discernment and you know that's what we're told in the bible from the beginning you have to use a lot of discernment and this is no no different mm -hmm. you know <laughs> do you think um that in, in some of those cases where people would you know, even Hitler for Hitler, for somebody to channel Hitler and Hitler comes down and speaks through some, a group of people at a party or something like, I just find it. I just, I don't know. I'm a, I'm a skeptic and it's, I'm, it's a good thing to be a skeptic. I want to believe, right. But I want to prove uh -huh. it. I want to make sure. So do you think that some of these people, um, are, are being deceived, uh, by other spirits that are pretending to be Hitler, some people would say it was a demon that pretended to be Hitler or a low vibrational entity or even not even Hitler, but even, you know, the Archangel Michael, if he if he rarely speaks to people and everyone's channeling him, are they uh, talking to a different spirit or I feel like the, the person has an understanding of what Hitler would say. There's an idea. If Hitler was here having a conversation, I know he was a bad, evil dude. Maybe he meant well. Maybe he was misunderstood. Like they have this this kind of persona in their head that through these meditation processes, they just kind of pick up that essence. Or if I am playing this character for you all, maybe they're even convinced that they're channeling that Hitler. Is it another spirit that comes through or are they just positioning themselves to share as the persona. I, I really go with the latter, but I think both are possible, maybe. I think it's both. You know, yeah, sometimes it's one, sometimes it's the other. And the reason why, you know, Hitler, for one, I can I can validate that he is in the lower hell realms and he's not accessible that way. He's he's um, not he's not able to do that. He's not allowed. Um, but um, this is where this is where I think people can really get into a lot of, you know, uh, a lot of trouble, <laughs> you know, just, you know, I mean, you know, let's go back to the book of Samuel and, you know, the, 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 the boundaries between calling up the dead. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's one thing when, um, you know, uh, in Catholicism, cause I'm a Catholic, 
we have this tradition of praying for the dead and we have the tradition of saints who have received visitations from souls in purgatory who have asked for prayers and and different suffrages and they've gotten gotten things like this and to help them through their purification process death and that's very different from actually calling up something like that and especially when you're dealing with a soul such as one like Hitler but the reality is that um, although we do see that God allows people when they've lost a loved one to have some visitations that are you know uh, minimal they're 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 different times in different uh, segments because of the nature of the need for the soul in the afterlife. They, they have to shut that down for certain periods here and there. They allow that for certain periods so that the souls can work out some of the things they weren't able to work out. Um, in general, um, that's not something that you're just given to do unless you're gifted in that way. We have people like John Edward and James Ron Prague and Teresa Caputo who have genuine gifts who can communicate that way. Um, but to, I mean, literally just think about how dangerous that would be if they were really doing that. If they were really calling up, and I'll just tell you, I've been down into the hell realm where Saddam Hussein, Al-Qaddafi, Hitler, and some of the other really bad um, dictators are. And um, just think about how seriously dangerous that would be for someone to actually try to channel one of them. I mean, they're in a very, very low place. That's like um, putting yourself in real jeopardy for like a demonic possession of some type or, you know, some type of uh, some type of demonic uh, intrusion, you know what I mean? Because that's what you're dealing with there. But you, but that's just, um, and I hope I answered the original question. I kind of mm -hmm. went off in a different direction, yeah, I no, think. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, let me ask you this too, because um, so we're talking about, you know, when, when a person's able to leave their body and even travel and you talk about going out to these lower levels and there's higher levels as well. Um, what's the difference between spirit travel or astral travel and uh, remote viewing? Is it the same thing or is there like some some differences there like you're not really going there, your perception is just like, what's, what's the difference between the two? Okay, well, I'm gonna make it a little more complicated for you. So spirit travel and out-of-body travel, what's the difference? Well, um, I guess- And remote uh, viewing. Yeah, yeah. Okay, um, remote, remote viewing is more of a psychic process. That is not, um, it is, it's nothing like either of those. A lot of people think it is, but it's not. It's a psychic process where someone is actually searching in their mind and some people have the, an ability, and I, I studied remote viewing, so I, I know both um, well enough to know they're very, very different. Astral travel, spiritual travel. Astral travel is when you're traveling primarily around the, uh, the astral realm, which overlaps like the earth. Um, spiritual travel is when you are traveling beyond that. And that's, you know, um, for the sake of simplifying, 
when you're traveling in the, the higher realms, the spirit realms where you actually are taught and you learn from God. And um, it's uh, a very different thing because the realm overlapping the earth is going to have like a lot of the thoughts of humankind. It's going to have a lot of the the uh, dross, a lot of the stuff that's thrown off from the souls on earth. So it's going to be kind of a kind of a trashy realm in the sense that you might find some nice places there, but there's a lot of dangers on the astral realm and um, a lot of energetic pitfalls, you know, whereas when you go into spiritual travel, you're, you're going beyond that, that overlapping realm into the higher spheres where you can be taught by God. So it's, a, it's essentially uh just ascending higher uh, or past all of the, 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 the chatter and the disembodied spirits yes. and those kind of things that are kind of yeah, like... Yeah, and when you're doing spiritual travel, you can go literally into an infinite number of realms. Astral travel is a very, very um, minimal area to explore. It's, you know, the third and fourth realms, whereas um, spiritual travel, you can go to an infinite number of realms because, our, you know, what God created for us is so much greater than we can imagine, as St. Paul said. Remote viewing is um, some people who remote view get so good at it that they they experience it in a way where they feel that they are having some kind of um, psychic traveling, but it really, it's a psychic process. It's, it's um, very, very different than um, either of the other two. So I wonder if uh, a lot of people are getting those mixed up because we, we talk to a lot of people um, who, who practice the um, ascension process. And so they pretty much everyone closes their eyes and they go up together and and they get visions and pictures and everyone has a different piece of the picture and stuff like that. Do you think that that would be more of remote viewing versus actually leaving your body and flying through the heavens? Yes. I, feel like the, I feel like it's a huge difference. That's, yeah, that's more like a remote viewing type of thing. Mm -hmm. And that's actually, it sounds like a, a little bit of kind of like a visualization or a, uh, you know, meditation using, um, you know, projection, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Um, so, yeah, I mean, yeah, when you actually experience like spiritual travel or um, these types of things, it's so powerful, you know? It's, it's very different than, um, it's not, it's all the things you're talking about. Those are good practices, but those are the practices and the tools that usually often can lead to these beautiful spiritual travel experiences that people can have. Is this something that everybody can do as long as they desire it? Um, most of the time I see that there are some people who for reasons, um, for different reasons should not and don't and that that often happens with people first of all who have either been through exorcisms before people who have problems with demonic attachments should not people who have uh, been victims of any kind of ritualistic abuse they have trouble with this because they have doorways that are they can't control very well um but other than that, most people are able to do this. And if you go to my website, 
at outofbodytravel.org. All of my stuff, all my books are downloadable for free. I also have CDs and art. And I always recommend for people, the starting point is Come to Wisdom's Door, which is a book, and The Mysteries of the Redemption. And also uh, there's a CD called The Frequency of Otara. And what you're going to find is that um, Come to Wisdom's Door, like literally in 20 or 30 pages, gives you just like some basic like this is what you need to do to launch and then as you're reading the mysteries of the redemption um, it instigates the spiritual state that you need to be in in order to have it happen spontaneously most of my uh, readers it happens spontaneously while they're reading those books and the frequency of otara is a process that i underwent and was taught how to up, uh, bring it back onto CD. It instigates out-of-body travel, but it also accelerates it through vibrational raisings. And so a lot of my readers also use that CD to instigate the experiences and continue to accelerate them as well. And so there's some real easy tools you can use um, um, at the site, but I have 101 books so you can read whatever you want. We also have a course of study if you want to do it that way, but that's the place to start if you're just beginning new and really want to have the experience itself. Yeah. Yeah. What I've noticed is that, uh, it's almost like if, if, if you're seeking it, you'll find it kind of thing, you know, like who yeah. can do it, but some people, they, they, it's a little bit harder, you know, they have, a, it, you know, different things are going on in their head when it comes to seeing or like visualizing or whatever, or even relaxing the mind and, all, all mm -hmm. that kind of stuff that kind of comes in handy when trying to uh, access those higher higher realms. Yeah. Well, and one thing, you know, it's one of the things you'll read about in Come to Wisdom's Door is the state of mind you want to be in. You know, I would, I would, I'll just say right now, one of the first things is relax about it. But um, secondly, you know, we're going to get into a space where it's really important to understand a few things. Like, you know, for, for instance, um, entering into the silence, but then there's a lot of things about humility and about understanding that we're, we're, we're seeking this for the sake of God's will, not our own. Very important things, you know, um, yeah. that um, can either make or break uh, a spiritual journey being something real and meaningful because we can waste a lot of time trying to have the experience just for the sake of having an experience. <laughs> yeah. And we forget that the experience itself is not the truth. It's not enlightenment. It's not the way we know that our Lord Jesus Christ is the way, the truth and the life. The experience is a means. It's a tool that God has made possible for us to find the truth, to experience the truth. So we have to get into this space of starting out with a holy, a holy fear of God and a mm -hmm. holy love of God, where we approach it um, with humility and with this idea that um, we want to know the truth, uh, however God wishes to show it to us, not as we want it to be. And, yeah. <laughs> and if we can get into that space, we can progress much more quickly because then we don't waste a lot of time with, you know, but wait a minute, I want it my way. I want, I want the world to work according to me, you know, 
Marilynism. (laughs) (laughs) And so we have to, uh, there's a a few things like that, but it also goes into all the mechanics and the preparations and things like that. Um, For me, I think a lot of it is uh, a lot of stuff's going on whenever we just kind of enter into God's presence, right? Whether we put on some music and we get relaxed and we sing some Worship songs. I mean, I think that there's a there's like a formula of getting like the body and the mind and everything focused. Uh, this scripture talks about in Psalms that we uh, we enter into His gates with thanksgiving and in His courts with praise and just kind of being thankful and just being in your body and being in the moment. But as we begin to do that, and the Lord has different things He wants to show us, and for us to be open, there's a lot of healing that comes through. Of even yes. like things in our, in our bodies and our soul that we don't even know what it is, but there's this like we feel lighter, we feel like burdens are lifted. Is that something yes. that is when when people have these experiences they're feeling as well? They come back Absolutely. and they like you know don't don't have the same. I don't know. I, I think I think we just get a, a a glimpse and a download of like eternity and our trivial pursuits and things that you know we thought were a really big deal don't matter in the essence of eternity which is where God is you know but eternity there outside of us and eternity within and we're like one with it it makes it a lot easier and so there's a lot of healing that's that takes place for me oh yeah totally that is absolutely right on and so well said because you know you enter into the mind of God and you you have these experience of understanding all things all at the same time and um the things that seem to contradict don't contradict when you're in that space you know when you come back you you'd be at a loss for words to explain why they don't contradict one another (laughs) but when you're there it totally makes perfect sense you know (laughs) and yes you absolutely do and then of course you're feeling that unconditional beautiful love of god Mm -hmm. that um which is, you know, what God is. God is that love, that God is that mercy. And we start understanding that we have missed the boat, so to speak, in that God is love. And if we want to grow in faith, we have to grow in love, loving one another, loving our fellow man. And um, we often get caught up in all of these little tricks that, you know, the, the dogmas, the confusing little yeah. things that we argue over. And it does all come back to that love that we know that God emanates. That's what he is. We've all been created from that emanation of love. And so that's part of our challenge as human beings, you know. Now, let, let me ask you about this, because I've, I've been doing I have some guided meditations that are recorded and uh, some of them are very intricate, but kind of like the end goal is to get them to have an encounter with God. Right. And through Christ right. and, and in the spirit realm and things like that, some of them are pre-recorded, So they're just kind of like a visualization, but they they literally, you know, it becomes their reality when when they're there. Um, and there's some unbelievers, people who don't really believe in God or don't believe in Jesus and uh, things like that. But they come back from these experiences in tears and crying and they want to know more about Jesus. Have you had those uh, testimonies at all where people come in and they don't really believe in Jesus or maybe they're just more spiritual than religious and they have this uh, uh, epiphany or this encounter with God through Christ in the spirit realm? Do they, do you, have you had those testimonies over the years? Oh yes. Many, many, many of those. 
And, you know, not, I, not only have I experienced them through my writing, but I've seen it through other people's works. One, that, one of the things that I thought was fascinating, and I think it's still available online, was a project that someone was doing on Muslim stories of conversion, yeah. where, yeah, they were having, the I, you know, I call this the most, <laughs> yeah, it's the, it's the most yeah. uh, mysterious way of God in that he was being the good shepherd and going yeah. after the lost sheep when, when no one else could reach them. And so he would just speak to them in their dreams. And, mm -hmm. you know, I mean, what a beautiful thing. But the beautiful stories that came out of that was just um, mind-blowing to me. But, yes, I've had many, many stories like that. And people come back with near-death experiences as well, you know. And, they're, they're you know, so many people go, go in and they're atheists and they come back. And, you know, literally their spiritual journey just begins. Um, people who have gone and they may not have even necessarily been an atheist, but they come back and they realize, oh, my gosh, I was so ashamed. I'm so lukewarm. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, yeah, definitely. And it's, uh, it's an interesting thing, too, because one of the really common questions I get from people is people want to know, is Jesus who he said he was? And I can say absolutely from my, you know, from my experiences, they want me to say that. And it's like, I can absolutely validate from my own experiences that I was, I have been shown repeatedly that he is exactly who he said he was. And what you need to know when I say that is that I wasn't looking for that to be the answer, you know, I was studying all the prophets in all the different world religions yeah. and tribal religions. So yeah. I was not coming from a preconceived notion. I was I, I was a Catholic convert because the spiritual travel that I experienced led me to the Catholic Church, not the other way around. <laughs> so, you know, um. Let me let me just I want to go back to something you said now that we're talking about Jesus. I want to kind of bring him into the conversation here. We're talking about the Archangel Michael. We're talking about different spirits that people try to contact and they don't really talk or communicate um, as much as people say that they do. Um, now, what about Jesus? And especially with the Catholic faith, too, because it's something I learned recently with the, the prayers to the saints uh, I had one guest on the show who said that they uh, pray to the saints to get them to intercede for them because they're closer to Jesus than they are. Um, and it was kind of like they weren't they felt like they weren't worthy to really approach Jesus. Um, I found that, that we can go directly to God through what Jesus has done for us, you know, and he bridged the gap. But he's closer. I feel like he answers, you know, that uh, when we need him, he's always there. He wants to hang out. He wants to talk like all, all that kind of stuff. So um, what's what's the deal there with uh, people tr uh, talking to Jesus? And are we worthy to talk directly to Jesus or do we need to go through saints and things like that? Well, I think I always recommend people pray directly to our Lord. But as a Catholic, I also believe in patron saints and things like that and, and suggest it. As Catholics, what we believe is that we, we have a tradition of believing that certain people have made it, which means we know that they're in heaven, which means that they're in closer proximity with our Lord, and therefore that they have a certain status with him. So, you know, if you think about this in terms of like, people on earth like 
if it's like, okay, I really need a favor from Bob, but I don't have any connections with him, but I know you do. Can I ask you to ask Bob if he will grant this? <laughs> you know? So praying to the saints, and this is probably not the best way to put it, but I'm trying, <laughs> you know? So it's like, or, you know, even with the Holy Mother, the people yeah. pray to the Holy Mother for, mm -hmm. it's like, well, go ask his mother, his mother will make him do it, mm. you know, <laughs> you know, yeah. so I know that does it, that's not the best way to do it, but uh, in terms of explaining it, but what we do is we pray to, for intercession from these people that we believe are in heaven, so just like we on earth pray for our brothers and sisters we also know that our brothers and sisters who have crossed into the next life also continue to pray for us and we ask their prayers in intercession. But um, uh, so we do those kinds of things. We have novenas and things mm -hmm. like that. My own personal practice is, you know, primarily mostly to directly to Jesus Christ and um, also to the Holy Mother. Uh, and this is something that is... You know, that's the thing between the Protestants and the Christians that's mm -hmm. different. I wrote a book called Protestant Reforms, which explains a lot of these differences between all of those things that you can download at the site if um, people are interested in more information about that. But um, that's the reason we, we believe that those who just as we pray for the dead, because we believe that our prayers still help them just as they did in the, in their journey here, we believe that our prayers still help them in their journey after after life. We believe that as their prayers helped us here, that their prayers will help us in their journey after life. We we you know we have this idea of the mystical body of Christ, which includes the living and the dead, and so it's a way that we never forget or we we seek not to include you know any any of our past saints the people who have come before and i i know i didn't say that greatly but um you can check out uh, some catholic places where they explain it much better i think like catholic answers would explain that whole thing about the saints much better um, but that's what we do but of course you can speak directly to christ and ironically you know during the um this uh, time, Pope Francis told Catholics to confess directly to yeah. God, and yeah. um, which I was very grateful for because I was in New Jersey through that whole time. And so I was grateful that I could confess directly to God and that I could receive of all the, the, uh, the special graces that he was um, offering in the special masses he was doing without um, being able to actually go to a church or see a priest or do anything like that and so there's you know there were exceptions made during that time so you know what i mean yeah 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 i've seen that that was that was really cool um yeah it's, it's interesting and then you know you i'm sure um you know you you said you was um studying some of the the different like um indigenous uh, spiritualities and stuff like that and maybe from i don't know who started it <laughs> but like a lot of like stuff like in in africa and things like that they will have their ancestors and 
praying to the ancestors. And then I know in Mexico, they have like the day of the dead where they remember the dead and, and things like that. And, and, uh, a, a lot of it is very similar with just different names and different terms and stuff, much like we're talking about spirit travel and astral travel, same thing, just different practices, different philosophies that other people have put with it. But I think at the end of the day, a lot of it, we're talking about the same thing. Yeah. And, you know, in the Japanese culture as well, they have, um, the ancestral, uh, type of thing as well. And so in several of the Asian cultures and then, yeah, you're right. There's different ways that it manifests in around the world. Yeah. And in the Hindu culture, they have some similarities in the, in the arcanum that they have where they, um, they have saints, as well kind of similar it's different but similar Mm -hmm. to the catholic church and they also they also um pray to certain of their saints in a similar way to ask for intercession yeah Yeah, (laughs) i remember i talked to uh uh, there was a lady who was really big into bhakti yoga and we i was on here just picking her brain about it and then all of a sudden it clicked with these different like studying the scriptures and even looking back at, at the patriarchs in the scriptures as far as like king david and moses and stuff like that and 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 seeing like the allegory about things that we go through and 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 you know we go through very similar things spiritually that they went through in a physical realm like you know i'm saying god will never leave us never forsake us we're going to be tested and tried and go through the fire but christ is there with us you know those kind of things and so when i was talking to her she was pretty much saying that it was the same thing with the different emanations of the Hindu gods, that they were just all like aspects of the one, you know, they were all right. just telling this story and in the different ways that they are connected with the source. And then that it, it kind of clicked for me there. And then I had another lady on here who was telling me about the different Catholic saints and they were just these, these different uh, emanations of the one. And they was like, it's almost like something that you can identify with, like, uh, a, a certain saint that is good or closer to the Lord in this area, because that's what they were known for, whether it's healing or whether it's travel and things like that. You can kind of just remember that saint. And when you look at it, if you have a, a statue, if you have a picture, when you look at it, it reminds you of, you know, of, of that aspect of God because they're closer to the Lord's heart in that area, which is very interesting. Yeah, we call them holy reminders, <laughs> mm-hmm. which is nice because, you know, we just have holy reminders all around us to keep our minds and hearts and spirits um, yep. on God throughout the day. Yeah, that's all symbolism, you know, whether it's a cross necklace or a tattoo, mm-hmm. even I, I went into some detail about that in my book, the different symbolism that reminds us of certain things. And even one of the interesting things that I did cover that coming from a Protestant background, you, you see uh, like the upside down cross is something yeah. that a lot of conspiracy theorists, people or people who just aren't in the know. We look at that and we immediately think Satanism. You take a symbol, you flip it upside down, you invert it, and then we see it in Catholic art and it's on cathedrals and things like that. But people don't understand Peter. what that means. <laughs> yeah. St. Peter, yeah. Yeah, because St. Peter was crucified upside down because he didn't feel worthy to be to be martyred in the same way that his Lord was killed. Yep. So he's asked to be crucified upside down so it wouldn't be exactly the same way and that's what the upside down crucifix is represents the first pope pope saint peter who was crucified on on an upside down cross 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, yeah, it's just like the symbolism. It means different things to different people. Some people right. see it and they immediately get freaked out. Other people, they see it in something else. That's with anything. That's with, uh, you know, s- sacred geometry. I got tons of symbols around here. I'm tat- covered with symbolisms on my arm, and it reminds me of, of different things, and it, it evokes a uh, an essence or a um, remembrance in me. In the scriptures, yeah. they did it all the time, too. When they had a, a big victory or something, they would uh, um, pretty much uh, build a monument, whether it yeah, was some type true. of statue or a bunch of stones. And every time they would pass it, and if they, that was the time that our ancestors defeated their enemies, or this was when we had nothing and God made a way where there was no way. And so we have things like that in our lives as well. When when we look at things, it reminds us. Most of us as pictures, you know, pictures that or songs even that remind yes. us of a certain point in time in our life. Some of us have songs we can't listen to anymore because we were, it was our favorite it song when we were going through a bad, a bad time <laughs> yes. in our lives. We, don't listen to it, turn it off. You know, so it's all of these things that, eat, um, you know what I'm saying, evoke um, uh, essences and memories and things like that, you know. Same with symbolism and art and stuff. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. To me. So, um, as, as far as uh, people who, who, who want to uh, uh, tap into the, to sp- the spirit, if they was just to, to start off, what, what would you tell them to do? Like just to do it. Is it something that is big and grandiose or is it something as simple as closing your eyes, getting into the Lord's presence and rest and seeing what happens? That's what I like to do. And for me, it's, it, it leads to that. Like it leads to the most grandiose, beautiful encounters. If I kind of like going back to what you said, don't really go into having experience Knowing that if I just get in his presence for a little bit, I'm that in and of itself is an experience, but it yes. leads to more if I'm willing to go. I mean, that's just kind of like my easy procedure. But how would you say somebody who's just starting out who wants to have an encounter like that? Well, I, I definitely totally vibe with what you're saying, and that's definitely how I would go. You know, g- turning back to God is literally th- simply that. It's a simple turn. Okay, I'm doing this. You know what I mean? Um, In my own practice, I do a lot of meditation. I do it laying down, usually put my hands on my chest so that I can, and I do this in part because then if um, my soul is going to go into a spiritual traveling uh, experience, my body is in position to do so. It won't fall over and and pull me out of it. Um, And then usually, you know, I've been doing this for 34 years, so I will feel the vibrations begin in my arms first, and then I'll move through my body. But for those who are just beginning, I do recommend come to wisdom's door and the mysteries of the redemption. You'll find that it'll, it will help you to instigate the experience. It's at outofbodytravel.org. You can download it free. You can do also do the course of study. There's also lots of other video content you can watch if you want to, but it really is, you know, the biggest guidance, it comes from the prophets, saints, mystics, and sages and ascetics from throughout time, which is deep prayer, deep meditation, long periods of meditation, three hours, yes, three hours, four hours, not short 15 minutes, because you want to give yourself the chance to go into those deep yeah. Um, those deep states and so you think three and four hours at a time and I would suggest you do it lying on your back um, with your hands up so that you're ready if something starts to happen 
And so you can have experiences even before you actually have a spiritual traveling experience. There's a lot that happens before. And so you want to fully be prepared for that whole process that occurs to get you out in the first place. Is you it, know what is I mean? it kind of like the movies sometimes though, where the people are like having this experience and then they are like hovering over themselves, looking at themselves? Or do you feel like you're in a different realm, like a different dimension whenever, as soon as you like tap in? Well, um, I mean, now I don't, I don't ever do that now. The first few experiences, which is literally thousands of experiences ago and 34 years ago, you know, the first few experiences you do float around and you see and, but you very quickly realize if you're getting your focus in the right direction, which is, this is a tool to find and, you know, find your unity with God, then you're going to be moving into spheres where you're going to start being mystically trained and mm -hmm. so you're not going to waste time on those kinds of things for very long you're going to have to learn how to move in your spirit body see hear smell communicate and those things will be taught to you come to wisdom's door we'll give you an overview of all that too but you'll be taught as well um it's it's something that um it really uh opens a door to um, reaching this unification with God, this this deep relationship with God, um, and really even you know knowing yourself in a way that is so helpful, because you you really cannot overcome your your sinful nature as well until you're able to see it and god shows us the energetic truths about ourselves through these journeys and that is such a window of opportunity because it it gives us this way to you know know exactly what to focus on that we have to alter and change within ourselves so it saves us so much time and um, energy trying to because you know none of us sees ourselves that that way and, and so when it, it's, it provides us with that key that only this particular type of experience can really give in that way. And so it's, it's definitely worth pursuing it, but pursue it for uh, God's sake, not your own. <laughs> you know, <laughs> mm -hmm. That's so good. Well, Marilyn, it's always a pleasure to speak with you. Thanks so much for hanging out with me. Your website Thank is, you. what is that, uh, outofbodytravel.org? Yes, it and they is. And you can go there and get all the uh, the books and all the really cool stuff that you have there. Thank you. Yeah, it's great to talk to you. Love talking to you, True Sika, Derek. Thank you, my friend. <laughs> I enjoyed it. We'll have to do it again. I'm, 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 you know, whenever you want to talk about it, I love talking about this stuff. So thanks so much for hanging out. Oh, thank you. All I right, love talking with you too. All right. Hey, I, I was gonna say too. I like the little the little snippets you've been putting out too on your on your YouTube. <laughs> oh, great! Thank you very much. Yeah, those I are have good. a producer, Brian Malin, has been putting those together, so he's been doing an amazing job. Yeah, yeah they're, <laughs> they're coming out great, and it seems like the the snippets get a lot more traction these days than the uh, long form discussions for a lot of people at least That's it will it, it can uh the people who aren't going to listen to it an hour or two hour talk they'll they'll listen to a three minute snippet so you get, we get to reach those new people and i've been doing a bunch of those myself recently too so that's a good idea, I guess. Yeah, yeah I didn't I didn't think of it. It was all, all Brian's idea. <laughs> all right, my friend. Thanks so much for hanging out. We'll do it again. 
Okay, you too. All right, many blessings. You too. Bye-bye. Marilyn Hughes, ladies and gentlemen, talking about ascending to the higher levels and uh, through the, the presence of God, through the spirit, man, really tapping into the spirit through the Lord. And uh, for me, again, it's just entering in through a, a place of worship, a place of uh, an attitude of gratitude, adoration. You know, when we when we uh, tap in through prayer, especially if we give ourselves long enough times and she was talking about three, four hours, like I, I have to be completely honest, it's been a very long time since I've spent that long in the spirit. And so it's so funny that uh, we usually just give ourselves a, a, um, uh, just a short window of opportunity, but you're limiting yourself, you know. So um, when you do have those those opportunities to go in and I, I do them a lot on one on one sessions with people or we do it on the School of the Mystics. Uh, I did um, upload uh, the last week's um, School of the Mystics, which was uh, was able to all tap into the spirit together. And uh, and the Lord ministers to you. Again, you feel lighter, you feel refreshed, and you see me, I'm, um, I'm listening to worship music, and I'm, uh, you know what I'm saying, readying my heart and praying and doing my own inner thing. And I'm, I mean, I'm crying, tears are coming. And just like she said, my hands are on my heart. And I'm just going in and I just it reminds me to live from the heart. I'm doing uh, energy healing and work on my heart and allowing the Lord to do it through my hands and and, and penetrate my heart. And so, um, man, when we go into his presence, everything is good there. Everything is OK. Immediately, uh, there's a weight of glory. There is uh, your your momentary um, failures or disappointments or shortcomings don't matter as much as anymore, especially because we're stepping into eternity. We're already there. We're already seated with Christ in heavenly places. But there's something about uh, having the right perspective. And a lot of times we need to shift our perspective. And that's what worship does. You know, we're a lot of times we're just focused on, you know, the situations around us. But we have to shift our focus, not on the things on earth, but the things that are above and whenever we uh, shift our focus on the things above, we begin to see things the way that the Lord sees them. And uh, and again, we're talking about doing ministry and, and things like that. When, once you tap in to those higher realms, like in your one with the Lord, um, I, I, you can call it channeling, right? There's people who use that, but you get divine inspiration. You know, you the Father uh, translates his heart to you. I don't think that I'm, you know, uh, translating Archangel Michael or, you know, something like that or some disembodied soul, but directly channeling God's heart for myself and then for others. God is not a respecter of persons. When you're in those realms and what God is saying to you, he'll, as long as it's in love, right? As long as it's uh, through, uh, through, through love, through faith and edification, and lifting others up versus like trying to beat people down. God's not trying to beat you down. You you do a really good job at beating yourself down. So God's not doing that. So once you get in his presence and you're being ministered to, those uh, revelations about your life and about love, they're, they're, they're timeless. And you can prophetically release that to other people. Again, most of the time it's stuff even that we've we've read or, or read in the scriptures. Um you know, he just re he just reiterates it to our heart. He uh, deposits uh, deposits it in our spirits uh, through prayer, through meditation, and so we're just like ascending through those those realms. We're all we're already connected. You get better at it. 
to instantly, we do a lot of breath work. And so breath work really helps and taking that deep breath through the nostrils and instantly shift your awareness to where you're, you're seated. I'm not seated in this uh, little seat here in um, Mobile, Alabama. I'm seated with Christ in eternity right now. And, uh, and know that when I close my eyes that I leave my body and my awareness shifts. And we know that the scripture says to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. That's what it's about. Spirit travel. Look, if you haven't, if you haven't had a chance to check out uh, any of my, my guided meditations, especially the throne room meditation, which is really good, um, or the encountering Jesus meditation, make sure you get that. You can go to truthseeker.com, click on meditations, get you a copy of that. You can also go to christian-meditations.com. All of my meditations are there along with some new ones that I just uploaded, some prayers and things like that. You get a seven-day trial for like 99 cents to check them out. And uh, the welcome bundle, you get all those as well. So check it out, man. Um, been putting that stuff out, working hard on it. Excited about what the Lord's doing in our lives and in our hearts. And um, man, just excited about the future. So thank you guys for hanging out with me. Thank you guys for all the support in every every shape, fashion, or form. For those of you who support via Patreon, for those of you who had the uh, opportunity to purchase my book and purchase meditations, and 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 for those of you who aren't able to to support financially, but you support by uh, praying for me and my family, and you support by sharing out the articles and sharing the videos, all of that stuff matters, and and uh, none of it means more than the other. So thank you guys for supporting my work in in every way that you do. Uh, we definitely need it, man. You know what I'm saying? This the ministry that we have here is a bit peculiar. It's a bit different. It's misunderstood by many, but. Um, um, the, you know, I know we're resonating with a lot of people, so that lets me know I need to keep doing it. You know, don't grow weary in, in, in um, well-doing. Keep keep doing the good work. It's it's not falling upon deaf ears. People are responding, and uh, but it's not easy. I'll tell you that. There's so much, especially in um, the Christian realm, so much backbiting and, and um, um, name-calling and finger-pointing and uh, people fighting over followers and fighting over doctrines and stuff. And as far as much as we try to move as far as we can away from that, it still follows us, you know, especially dealing with church and doctrine and Christians and stuff like that. It's going to be there. It just is. You know, people disagree and, and schisms and stuff like that. That's why uh, I think what's catching on with uh, myself and, and, and Gil Hodges and Kingdom Talks and those guys is a lot of us are just moving towards love. We understand that the message of the cross is love. We understand that the message that Christ and Paul taught was love, that love transcends all, that there's no laws against it. And so as long as we're walking in love with one another, as long as we're uh, walking in unity w with God, he's going to give us a supernatural uh, love for, for others. And so we, we uh, the scripture says that they will know that we're his disciples by our love, not by our doctrine. Not by our belief systems, but by our love. And so at the end of the day, man, love is the highest. And so just make sure you're responding in that. Make sure you're walking in that. Don't let uh, offense set in. Uh, it's it's easy. Uh, don't let it set in. Get rid of it. Confess it. Um, let somebody know. You know, receive prayer, whatever it is. Go go to the Lord yourself and, and, and through confession. Again, you can go directly to the Father confess your sins, confess what you're going through. Don't act like you're not going through it. Don't act like it's not real. You're really feeling these, uh, these, um, sensations and, and things like that. So, um, 
make sure that uh you're doing that and so it'll uh wash off of you like water what up delvin he's showing his little avatar it showed up in the in the chat here <laughs> what's up man um so with that i'm gonna say peace and shalom man thank y'all for hanging out many blessings we'll do it again peace peace Yo. episode folks to hear more episodes of the truth seeker podcast head over to truthseeker.com and if you're wanting to support the show and get rewards go to our patreon page at patreon.com forward slash truthseeker